So we are starting now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Brown Time. Um, so today is a bit of a mix-up. Um, I know we're only three episodes in, but you know we like to we like to keep on surprising our audience. So Priya isn't here because she's had to yeet to a wedding this week. So instead, I found another brown person to replace her, um, and that's my very good friend Asia Iftikar. Asia, hello, hi. So Asia, tell tell us a bit about yourself. Like, what what's going on in your life? I, for the knowledge of the public, I'm a fellow student um, at UCL, studying classics, learning about dead things all the time, very inspiring. Um, yeah, just kind of chilling in London. It's a bit of chaotic energy these days because of COVID. So, like, what are we to do? But what tier is, is, what tier is mm. London in at the moment? It's in tier two, I believe, oh. so I can still see people yeah. from the outside. <laughs> that sounds lovely. It is, it's mad actually, because um, for those of you who don't know in the audience, um, Asi and I have a podcast together, I'm going to clip that one in quickly, called Audacious Aunties, and in it we just look at the arts from a non-Western perspective, and it's really cool, you should all follow us. But anyway... The point is that it feels really weird, like, talking to you like this instead of recording audacious aunties. I get what you mean, because I'm very conscious about what I'm saying, but normally I'm frantically reading a Wikipedia page for the first time, but this time... We're actually managing to, like, chill and chat. My original thoughts. I'm so proud. Wow, we have original thoughts. That's great. (laughs) Oh, so what have you been up to this week, then, Asiya? Tell us. Very good question. So I have literally barely done anything. I saw one person. And how was that? That was good. It's weird because I've actually been... So over lockdown, I met a lot of new people, like, through social media, because I guess I was just spending more time on it and just, like, Mm -hmm. talking to more people, trying to make new friends, you know, without the restrictions of... Well, with the restrictions of COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, That's mad. all of these friends that I've made over social media, I've never actually met in real life. Now, of course, I must preface this by saying, be careful, kids. Don't just meet random people on the internet. Like, vet them first. Make sure that they're legit. But the people that I confirmed were legit people. Um, I've, like, slowly been meeting in London since I got back. So I was just meeting with one of them last week, and we were just chatting about journalism and being South Asian and... and and it was really nice because we were walking down the main, um, one of the bridges across the Thames mm-hmm. and it had like such a lovely view of London and it just, I, you, because London is so different in different parts, you can almost forget that you live in London and so it really reminded me and it was just like so nice. That's really nice, it's really jokes that like you're almost like this is like a cautionary tale of catfishing you know but how to do it with friends it's been like bumble actually so you know how like bumble it's also a dating app but at the same time you can use it to make friends which kind yeah. of freaks me out but i respect it you know like, i get what you mean it freaks me out as well <laughs> oh that's good so what have you been doing because like whenever i've been meeting up with friends outside and whatnot it's been like oh let's get coffee and then like sit outside and be cute and like, I've always, even before lockdown, thought, like, 
coffee dates and stuff were kind of just a bit of a waste of money, you know. Like I'm I'm inclined to a hot chocolate or something, you know, every every now and then. But recently, like this week, I've been I think on maybe three kind of coffee meetups because like we just can't think of anything else to do. Um, yeah. So yeah, what have you been doing with your friends? Have you been doing the same thing? I mean, to be honest, yeah, we it, the person that I met on Monday, we popped into uh, Pret, got some takeaway tea, and then just walked around drinking it, and then the uh, coffee day ended. But I just don't know what else you really can do other than because. You know what I mean? There's just, like, nothing else to do. And also, because the past six months I hadn't really been seeing people, I hadn't been... The money that I would have spent, mm-hmm. I haven't spent. So yeah. I kind of... It's okay, because I've still not spent as much as I would have spent had life been normal this mm-hmm. year. I was thinking this as well. I was like, the amount of people... Like, you know how lots of people... And obviously this is not inclined to me, because I'm a really, like, good girl... But you know how some people talk about when they go on nights out, they can spend up to like 30 quid or something, which just sounds ridiculous because that's like a week or two's worth of like grocery shopping, you know? So um, I wonder what all those people are doing with their money right now, you know? Yeah, I know, right? I've always been, I've never, I've really tried to avoid spending money. I don't know, just, I feel like it's something, I was talking about this to someone the other day where like, I feel like it's a very parent thing to instill a sense of your money. Yeah. Like, all, all parents are like that, but I don't know, I do feel like there is a specific culture, and even if you know that you have enough money to buy something or indulge in something, mm-hmm. I still will feel guilty or, like, not want to do it because I think, you know... I don't need to spend it technically. Yeah. Um, It's definitely true. I feel like, especially in South Asian culture, the idea of, like, indulgence is a bad thing. I mean, is it is it a deadly sin? Like, that's not in South... In the Bible. What are the deadly sins of the Bible? Indulgence sounds like it could be one. I think it might be greed that you're thinking of. Greed. Maybe greed, greed, lust, gluttony. Gluttony. It might be gluttony, actually. Gluttony. Yeah, but, you know what? It's okay. I'm not going to start quoting the Bible to anybody or pointing <laughs> away. I need to know what the others. Do you want me to just Google it? There's um, no, there's lust. There's lust. Lust, of course. Um, oh, have you heard of that conspiracy theory what? that the SpongeBob characters represent? <gasps> yes. Each of the deadly sins. Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? What would SpongeBob <laughs> be? Ignorance or something? Lust. SpongeBob is lust. This sounds like a weird take on no, Shrek no, no, is no, love. No. Shrek is life. Okay, but lust doesn't just need to mean in like sexy terms. It could also <laughs> mean like a lust. <laughs> He's so enthusiastic about everything, like a lust for his job and for life. And yeah. Stuff. Okay, so I've got it up on Wikipedia. I'm sorry, I, I gave up on you and us. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> it's so a vibe. they are. It's a vibe. Woo. So they are. Lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. That makes... Wait, what was the last one? Pride. Pride yeah. and prejudice. Thank you for that, Miss Miss Austin. Ostentatious. Anytime, just a small plug from Jane Austen. <laughs> oh, God. But like, I don't know if you've heard of her. She's actually really popular. Is she a cool girl? Yeah, no, I, I'll, give her, I'll give her books a read, you know. I'll see, I'll see what's happening there. Um, okay, but, like, what do you think would be the worst 
sin to have? I think sloth. Interesting. Explain yourself. Because I wouldn't have thought that you would have gone with that one. So now I feel like I don't know you well enough and this friendship is going to have to end now, Asia. Okay. No, no, no. I'm not saying that I don't have it. I am a, I think I succumb to sloth a lot. No, no I'm not talking about why... you personally. I'm talking about your, like, just what you think. Like... It's the worst one to have. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. So, but I... Because of that, I genuinely think it's the worst one to have. Because... Because you've lived it. You've lived ones. the experience of sloth-like behaviour. Yeah, and sometimes <laughs> I'll be like... Not di- Although I don't know if I just think that because of capitalism. I don't know. Yeah. If because sometimes I'll just be like lying on my bed doing nothing. Yeah, and you're like, and oh think, crap, the uber am connectivity I is not happening. Is this self care? Yeah. It's insane. I think one of the issues these days with um, a sloth-like behaviour is that, yeah, obviously capitalism has an influence in it because it's like, ah, oh, if you're not doing something, you need to be, like, uber-productive and feel really bad about it. But also, I feel like with that in mind, it makes sometimes doing work, like, really hard and you easily get distracted because you're, like, I, you're trying to force yourself to work, but it's just not happening. So mm-hmm. everybody needs to take more mindful breaks, I think in you know their work um that's my hot take for the day what what is your worst one then oh put me in the spot here um i think i'd probably go for either greed Mm. or wrath to be honest i forgot greed was one of them okay i'm I would jump ship to greed if I were me, and I am me, so I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like greed is not a good thing, obviously, because it's a seven deadly sin. <laughs> <laughs> none of them are good. <laughs> yeah, none of them are good. But I also, I just feel like, particularly with greed, it's it, oh my god, it's going back to capitalism. Um, just the sense that it's very easy nowadays to be so greedy, like and like hoard money. You know, people like are committing tax fraud every single day. Um, and I just think that it makes people lose a lot of perspective on kind of what's happening in the rest of the world. It makes people like very unsympathetic. And I think that kindness and sympathy is the key. And yeah, so like for example, this is a really weird tangent that I'm now going on. But when I was little and I right. watched Cinderella, right. I was like not impressed by Cinderella because <laughs> I think that kindness is very underrated and it's played down quite a lot. Right. I don't know whether or not this is from my personal experience, but in my... How does this have anything to do with Cinderella though? I'm getting there. <laughs> because Cinderella is really kind. Like in Cinderella, they hammer in kindness because it's her kindness right. It, that's like she forgives her evil stepmother and sisters for everything that she does like she she's kind and so she ends up getting like the best outcome you know it's kind of like karma in that way mm-hmm. but anyway yeah so when i was a kid i was like cinderella is probably like the worst princess because who values kindness <laughs> which is really really bad um but since i know and then this summer because obviously corona was happening so i was really bored i watched the live action version of cinderella with lily james in and in that (laughs) film they really hammer in kindness um oh god yeah because she's all like her flashbacks she's like kindness is the cure to life (laughs) yeah exactly so i was watching it and i was like in my head i was thinking wow 
kindness is the one and i and in my head greed and kindness are opposites in their own right so yeah i'm really it's a personal journey you know of cinderella watching Mm -hmm. but yeah Yeah, you really went on something there thank you it means a lot um but yeah no i'm really glad to be out of quarantine now but at the same time i feel like it i've started getting back into like old habits of not taking time out to you know just to be Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because I was being obviously being too much, you know, in quarantine, and now I'm like, come on, let's let's get the ball rolling again. But obviously, that's not. Yeah. Neither one is sustainable, you know. No, there needs there must be a happy medium between the intense beingness of quarantine mm-hmm. and the intensity of life pre-corona. I think there is a happy medium. This is very true. So yeah, that's the that's the case with me anyway. Um. Also, audience, um, you might or might not know this, but Asia also went to the same school as me and Priya. Um, this I is told you, it's like a machine. If I, if I go and Priya goes, you'll find another one of us. <laughs> I mean, well, it is Birmingham, so, you know, it wasn't really very hard to find another brown person to sub in Priya. <laughs> well done. You're, so, really, it was quite a competitive, like, application field, you know, so congratulations for I getting the spot. I'm so blessed this day. <laughs> oh, God um so yeah no it's wild because like london is obviously very very diverse mm-hmm. and would you like what are the differences you find between like the diversity in birmingham compared to the diversity in london that's interesting i think that it's different i can't really compare them because when i was in birmingham I had a very specific life, so I was either in school with, like, a very specific cohort of diversity, or I was living at home where we live, because Mahabra and I lived down the road from each other, Um, where we lived was quite not that diverse. Well, Mm. I actually was a bit diverse, I don't know, but, like, the least diverse part of yeah it was like up and coming you know like the immigrants were starting to like find their place infiltrate yeah (laughs) infiltrate the area um exhibit a and b with me and asia and i don't know i feel like we there is a big cultural scene in birmingham that i just never tapped into whereas when i came to london i really made an effort to like go to cultural events and arts events and meet lots of people from lots of different walks of life so it would be I feel like it would be really interesting to go back to Birmingham as an adult living by myself like not at home and trying to experience it from that perspective because I have a very narrow view of what it is right now Mm -hmm. yeah I get where you're coming from because like Birmingham is very brown there's a lot of South Asians in Birmingham um but like in terms of other minorities, I think we also had a lot of East Asians um, and, like, a fair amount of black people. But besides that, I don't think we had many other people of, like, different minority groups. I think London's definitely, like, more diverse in that sense. But okay. Birmingham just has so many brown people as well. So, like, I remember in our old school, in our secondary school, um, it was really funny because whenever the school had to do like promotional ads or whatever, they were always looking for like a white person to like come into the <laughs> a picture. White person exactly, the because there were too many brown people, so they had to show that there were, there were the white people did go to our school after all, and even with our friendship group as well. So we were a friendship group of 
three brown girls and one white girl and our one white girl was like our token white person in our friendship group it was i can't wait for her to listen to this now yeah she'll be chuffed but yeah no so it is weird and i don't know why i was so shocked coming out of birmingham to edinburgh like thinking that wow the west rest of the uk is actually really white but um no it's interesting one indeed Birmingham. Okay, that's enough about Birmingham. What are your plans for Halloween? Well, good question. I'm meeting somebody tomorrow, but, like, I don't know how like that's going to be. I don't have any specific Halloween plans, but I have been watching The Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, okay. And I think that I will be finishing that tomorrow, so it will be, like, a good vibe to, like, watch on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, I was thinking maybe me and my sister were thinking of maybe going on a drive around mm-hmm. with no particular <laughs> destination just to get out of the house. That sounds more romantic than Halloween-y, but sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. Not really. I don't know, that's kind of sad, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. not exactly like we can go sugar-treating. I'm not going to hold somebody else's candy. And <laughs> it's not like... Um, also, I feel like adults going trick-or-treating isn't really, like, looked upon thing. very well. So I think people yes, would give you weird looks right. even if you did that. Uh, oh, God, I forgot I was an adult. Sorry. I don't know why in my mind, for a brief moment, I thought I was a child. Um, That's really peak. I'm so sorry I had to let you down <laughs> okay, like this. my birthday next week. I should really come to terms with the fact that I'm getting older. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I don't really have any plans for Halloween. What do you have planned for Halloween? Um, I don't So I think I might see some friends, like, outside. I socially distance. We'll have, like, a nice time being like, yay, it's Halloween. We might, like, bake different goods and then have, like, a nice, like, outdoor picnic. Um, and then every year me and my dad have, like, a pumpkin carving competition. So I kind of saved buying pumpkin, like, quite last minute. Um, so I tried to go to my local shops today and I couldn't find any pumpkins. So I was kind of stressed because I was like, I can't let this father daughter yearly tradition go to waste. So instead I found a watermelon. Um, so I'm going to look again. I'm going to look again tomorrow for some more pumpkins. But if worse comes to worse, I might carve a watermelon. And I don't really think it's that weird. If anything, I think it might be better because watermelons are much easier to cut than pumpkins yeah this is true and like i think you're right because with pumpkins whenever you have to scoop out the innards that's so much effort yeah i mean we don't have to do with the watermelon too no 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 but it's different because with the watermelon it's easy to just slice out the innards yeah like in a much more cohesive way whereas with i don't know whenever i've had to scoop out a pumpkin it's been such effort it is much because like the weird like slimy hairy bits stick to the mm-hmm. um surface it's of the pumpkin and then it just kind of like slips off the spoon and yeah. whatnot so really i think i've done actually something really sneaky here and i think this could be revolutionary father dog better watch himself maybe you should paint the watermelon orange oh my god that's a really good idea um, I know, I'm a genius now, but that's why I'm on the team. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Because, like, also, you know, I don't know whether or not you've seen, like, fruit art, but watermelon is always, like, a centrepiece in fruit art. Um, so carving a watermelon isn't really, like, a new phenomenon. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just a new Halloween phenomenon. So, yeah, I don't really know what to do with, with it, like, what to carve in it, because I can't do, like, a normal, like, 
triangle eyes and a like a random smile because I mean this is like this is quite a competitive like tournament between me and dad so mm-hmm. I need to I think sure that you do. should do a cat and then a witch on a broom but like in the distance so it's quite small yeah and then it's flying to the moon to the moon that sounds that sounds kind of cute actually it sounds maybe a bit too cliche can you like give me some more things to work with here what you can do is it can be like oh my god what you could do is you could do the the pumpkin the traditional pumpkin face right the triangles and the mouth and then have spiders crawling out of the mouth oh now you're talking i know Okay, yeah, no, this is good, this is good. And then you could have, like, the inside of the mouth, so mm-hmm. I don't know how intricately you can carve these things, but the inside of the mouth could be, like, a spider web. Oh, that's quite good. Oh, I could just I could just do it all as a spider web, to be fair, and that could be really effective. Okay, but can you put spiders in? Yeah. No. Okay. So I I could do. I'll keep. I'll put it on the list. I was thinking (laughs) more along the lines of something piratey this year. So I don't know. I was thinking maybe like um, a skull, Um, or maybe just like a ship, a pirate ship or something. Carving that in. Well, you could do a pirate ship and then a tiny flag with a tiny little skull on it i thought you were about to say you could do a pirate ship and then have a witch on a broom flying to the moon in the background (laughs) you could also do that it's not a bad shout so many options it's mad or i could do like the coronavirus carved within the pumpkin ew no don't do that should i stop relating because it's halloween and it's scary Stray away from coronavirus. This is all about forgetting about the world. Okay, sorry. I didn't yeah. mean to. I feel really offended, man. They never say it to me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I promise. Oh, yeet. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, that's that's my Halloween plans, basically. So Far more eventful than mine. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but also, Asia. Every week, Priya and I try to introduce some kind of, like, new music to our audience as well. Oh, okay. And I know that you and your music knowledge, like, hasn't really gone past, like, Glee 2015. But (laughs) is there anyone who you've been listening to recently that's, like, tickling your pickle? Oh, let me think. Let me get my Spotify up. Um, let's see if anybody's been tickling my pick because to be honest I don't really listen to individual artists Uh but um, it's sad because my top this is so embarrassing I can't believe I'm admitting this to the radio (laughs) but my top Spotify recommended playlist right now is Sad Indie Sad indie. Oh, Asia. This is a phase that people go through when they're like 16. Why are you going through this a week before your 21st birthday? I'm just a girl, yeah? I can't believe it. Okay, I'm going on to my funky box playlist. How do you sort out your Spotify? Like, do you have monthly playlists or do you have playlists for certain moods? Like, how does your Spotify work? I have four playlists. Oh, God. <laughs> and to be honest, they're all I need in my life. They're like the first one is like the Glee soundtrack from season one. Glee soundtrack from season. Yeah. 
I actually, to be fair, I feel like I have progressed from my Glee days. It's more like I just kind of add songs as I listen to them, but I never get rid of the old ones, so they're just there as well. So there's like loads of really old songs and then some like newer songs. You get what I mean? It's like a mixture. Okay, so um, you've but, been filtering um, in Lana Del Rey, basically. I well. So I'm sorry, I should stop taking the piss out of really you. Good. My first playlist is meaningful vibes. So when I'm like <laughs> trying to vibe and understand who I am on this earth. Oh god. And then my step four, oh, it's a really good one. If you're going on an autumn walk and you want to pretend you're in a film and you have it in your ears and then you're like, wow, my life is so dramatic. Um, <laughs> oh god. This sounds like I like, during the summer, I got onto, like, this TikTok algorithm where, like, songs were being suggested to me in various playlists, and all of them were, like, walking down the street being, like, the protagonist of your own story or whatever, and I was like, oh, God, I really need to get off TikTok now. It's gone too far. Um, my second one is Funky Bop. So this is, like, when I just want to boogie, when I just want to, you know, hype myself up. It's, like, <laughs> some good piece. You are your own hype woman, sis. Exactly. Um... And then my third playlist, so actually really I only have three main playlists, and then my third playlist is Motherland, and it's all of the... the Motherland, did you like, say? You know, Bollywood, some classic Nats and Kavalis, uh-huh. just like a combo of those, yeah. Oh, I think that, that was kind of useless in terms of suggesting something, but I'll try. No, I think that's nice. Well, in our first episode, I think Priya and I tried to um, suggest some Bollywood um like or just general indian songs um so no if you do have any favorite songs from the motherland then you can eat it our way well i would say that if there are any of you listening who want to get into listening to more traditional songs like punjabi songs and like from that part of the world a really good like place to listen to them is coke studio which yes. you can find on youtube and spotify You're which so is where right. i listen to most of my music to be honest yeah. um some of my absolute faves are um what else uh let's stay on my spotify playlist <laughs> Um, Make sure you send these to me afterwards and I'll eat them in. But no, I agree. Coke Studios is brilliant. They have like, what, 12 like seasons of various... Uh-huh. It's a bit like BBC Live Lounges, but for South Asia. And it's brilliant. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So that's my suggestion. It's so good. Okay, well, thank you for that. That was actually really helpful, Asi. I'm really proud that you've gone <laughs> past 2015. Um, what have I been listening to this week? Um, so, yeah, last week when I was speaking to Priya, I was trying to tap more into, um, local bands and stuff like that. So, um, I talked about a guy from Glasgow called Kobe Uyame, and there is also, uh, Edinburgh band called Young Fathers, and they're really, really good, all of them. Um, but this week, I've been trying to get into more, um, Mexican music. So, um, and just general kind of like Latin American, like trios and boleros románticos, which is just like those like really nice, like mariachi sappy songs, or they don't even have to be mariachi. They can be from like anyone who's just like singing like a love ballad, but like make it Hispanic. 
Um, so that's been really fun, actually. So there's this one song that I've been listening to called Cien Años, which means 100 years, by, I think it's called Pepe Alquiar. Um, I'm not quite sure. I have to check that one. And it makes my heart melt every single time I listen to it. I'm such a romantic at heart. It actually kind of makes me sick. You know what? I get those vibes from you, Manvi. <laughs> oh, no, that I'm a wetty. <laughs> Oh god! Thank you, my best my best friend's calling me a wetty. Indeed. Well, anytime, ma'am. No, anytime. You know. And also, sorry. whilst I'm listening to your excellent music suggestions, trying to order food at the same time, so my mind is multitasking here. That's absolutely fine. I hope you manage to get whatever it is that you order. Um, but also. I have another point to make. So whenever I say the word, like, best friend to you when I'm referencing you, I always kind of, like, cringe a bit because... um, So I mentioned this last week as well, so it's no surprise, but Asya is the one who went on pointless with me. And, like, before the show actually started, we were told to, like, pretend to introduce ourselves for for the cameras. And so Asya was, like, really, really ill. So I was the one who was doing the introductions for each other. Um, and I was like, hi, my name is Manny and this is my best friend Asia and we're from Birmingham. And I remember you turned to me and you said, don't say best friend. <laughs> and it really broke my heart because I... No, you know what? I didn't mean it that way. I take it back. I was a terrible person. I think the... Oh no. My order did not go through. That's oh so no. I've got this under um, sorry, go back to the heart, the heart to heart. You should be sorry. <laughs> Basically, I want my CDs back. What I mean is, Mandy, that I think the pressure of the studio lights got to me, and I forgot myself, and I shouldn't have done that because you are my best friend. Oh, yeah. Well, isn't that this just... is me higher makeup for it? God, this is so wet. <laughs> But thank you, that means a lot. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, but yeah, no, it is wild, because I was, like, thinking the other day, you know, when you reflect upon friendship and all, um, just about how we have known each other for almost ten years now, and it kind of freaked me out, because that's almost half of our lives that we've known each other. Um, I know. And, like, the most formative period of our lives. Yeah, exactly. So... I'm intrigued to see what happens in the future, you know? Like, maybe we'll be 80 and I'll be calling you my best friend and cringing at the same time. No, No, but you know what? It's weird. Like, we, like we've literally known each other since we were, what, 11? What, 11 slash 12? When... We were just such... I was watching Anne with an E the other day. Again, yes, I know. But basically, <laughs> I'm watching it with my friend. And so I have an excuse. You but, don't um, have to justify yeah, your yeah. choice to watch Anne with an E for the fifth time, Asia. It's okay. Thank you. <laughs> in it, Anne is like... Uh, this isn't really a spoiler because it happened in the first episode. Um, she meets like this girl uh, and... That's, she's really intense. She's like, let's be best friends forever. And I don't know, it's like really cute and cringy. And just like the way they all, all of the kids act in it. Mm-hmm. They're so 13 year old. And I remember saying like to my friend, we're both saying, oh my gosh, this is so cringy and intense. But then I was like, to be honest, I was probably like that when I was 13 and we just don't mm-hmm. even realise it. You know what's really funny? Like, I remember we went on like a, some geography trip when we were 13. 
And I remember we gave each other clips as like a token of our friendship. And we were like, yeah, keep the clip because it's going to mean that our friendship is going to last forever or whatever. And I've still got it in my purse today, that clip. That is so beautiful. I I think I know where the clip is. I think it's in the second drawer of my mum's desk at home. That's beautiful. That's very specific. I'm really glad that you know that. (laughs) <laughs> otherwise the friendship would have gone to pot asia exactly yeah it is really freaky no i agree because when i think about myself as 11 year old like i don't think that i would have liked my 11 year old self like god i i think back i'm like wow i was so cringy and like i've been through such i think a big personality change so like for you to have gone through that with me and we're still best friends being completely different people to who we are when we were 11 years old yeah that's mad were you also annoying is that why we were friends <laughs> i mean i remember when we were this was like such a pain like it really hit me at the time but like i moved on very quickly but i remember when we started history a level somebody in our class said to me who i'd never really spoken to before prior to the time that we were in class together she was like I always thought you were really annoying, but actually you're all right. <laughs> Thank you, I guess. You know what? I got a lot of those like comments as well. <laughs> it might have actually been from the same person. <laughs> to be yeah. honest, I, I also think that we were particularly annoying during history class, like at GCSE, just because we were such begs. We need to stop being yeah. begs sassy. That's the, that's the moral of the story. Yeah, essentially. I'm going to make a to-do list of, like, personality alterations. Like, don't be a wetty. Don't be a bag. No, I think that everybody should just be true to themselves, you know? That's lovely. And it takes too long for us to realise that as a society. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that we don't realise soon enough as a society? Um, We don't realise that... Well, actually, this is almost the opposite, because you know how there's that trend that people tend to become more conservative as they grow up older? Oh, yeah, that reminds me of that stupid Winston Churchill quote where he's like, if you don't vote Labour when you're young, you have no heart. If you don't vote Tory when you're older, you have no brain. Yeah, it's ridiculous, and nobody should listen to Winston Churchill on anything. But also, um, I think that we should all keep... Because young people... They know what they want, you know. And I think we should keep with that. I hope so. I feel like quite recently a lot of people have been telling me this as well. Like, Mm -hmm. especially when I turned 21 in September, a lot of my family were like, oh, this is like very, a very pivotal point, you know, in your like development as a person. Like you're finally like moving really out of childhood and whatever. And Mm -hmm. like, they were saying a lot of things like, oh, don't forget, you know, like, the beauty of being a child and like being able to like have choices and whatever and it's weird because at the same time you also have people telling you what the, what the hell are you doing with your life which mm-hmm. kind of makes me feel like you have to narrow down and I think it, it's a weird like point in our lives where we're just so uncertain and I don't think that's a bad thing but I think it's very easy to think that it's a bad thing because all you want in your life is security but you know sometimes embracing the um uncertainties can be a point of call for like potential chances and opportunities in the future Mm -hmm. 
That's just I, me I, being really wet again. I apologise. I feel like this was a really deep conversation. No, I agree. We got deep really quickly. I think it's because usually like our normal FaceTimes, which happen like every other day, is like, what are you doing today? What are you doing? And then like you'll say every single time, you'll always be like, I woke up and I got out of bed. And I'm always like, <laughs> oh my God, yes, sir. So proud. <laughs> Like an old married couple. <laughs> you know what? It's because it's such an achievement. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> to be honest, me getting out of bed at a good time is an achievement. Today, okay, just so that you know, I got out of bed at, before my sister at like nine o'clock That's and mad. had tea, and I was the person who undid the blinds and like looked out to the glorious morning. <laughs> Okay, that's great. When the sun was already halfway up the sky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm really proud of you. I should stop taking the piss. Um, Thanks. That's um, really good. I just remember whenever we used to have sleepovers back in the day when social distancing wasn't a thing, that um, I would always be the first one to wake up and you would always be like kind of the last person to get out of bed or whatever. And... I remember because like this is another wet thing that we used to do. We went on like we we went on holiday to Greece um, last year, um, and yeah. we we vlogged our experience. And there's like this memory that I have in one of the videos where it's like in the morning and I'm like recording it because I'm awake and everybody else is sleeping and I'm like Asia, Asia, wake up, come on! And then I start singing like songs from primary school it's like wake up shake up forgive yourself or (laughs) or something and like you're just like no man stop it stop it now (laughs) no i'm not a morning person i just can't do the morning why do they exist i don't know i've always wanted to be a morning person that's why i aspire to be but i will never be it and that's oh, okay with me. Never say never, as the philosopher Justin Bieber once said. <laughs> I just don't think I have the discipline for it. I tried to do it for a bit. I managed to do it for two days where I woke up at like eight o'clock. And <laughs> eight o'clock? Around about. <laughs> Look, man, for me, that's the morning. Absolutely. I used to drag you to get the like 707 train to school in the morning. I know, I don't know how I used to, I can't, I genuinely, genuinely can't believe I used to wake up at 6.45 every day. That is astonishing uh, okay. to me. Audience, basically, here's the context. People who went to our old school used to travel from like here, there, everywhere. So it was like a good like hour and a quarter commute from where an, uh, me and Asia lived. Um, and then on Thursdays during sixth form, for some like psychotic <laughs> reason, <laughs> for some really psychotic reason, I was like in the mornings before school, well, let's go to the gym and like work out, you know, because that's a good thing. Working out is a good thing. Exercise like releases endorphins and whatever else Reese Witherspoon sped, said in Legally Blonde. Um, and I used to bring Asia along as well. And it was a really terrifying experience <laughs> for Asia. Because first of all, it was like the early morning. And second of all, the only other person who used to be in this gym was um, a maths teacher who was also Asia's form teacher. But Asia was not really one for maths. Um, so she used to be really I hope scared that of this. They never time. listen to this. I assume they won't. Let's hope not. So Asian was never really one for like maths, but he was a very enthusiastic man when it came to fitness. So he always used to like 
check in on us to see how we were doing in our fitness regime but it was like literally just Asia on the bike going really really slowly while she had like her phone in and she was like reading some like I don't know latin vocabulary because she had a test that day or something and it was a hot mess it was such a hot mess and then I remember one experience when we decided to get a workout video up and you were doing lunges and then your like knees fell through (laughs) okay should I stop audience all you need to know is that I'm not a fit person I will never be a morning person and I will never be a fitness exercise person and somehow somehow man beer managed to convince me to get up early in the morning and exercise and I to this day don't know how you did that oh it was so brilliant I don't know how I did it either I was so impressed I think it was more like the fear of getting the train without the other person yeah because the train was a really intense experience for everybody involved because so many people who went to our school were kind of like from the same area um so we like so many like different people from different year groups used to catch the train and we also had like a boys school as well and I think at that point because we went to an all-girls school the boys from like the brother school of our school used to freak us out because we obviously didn't know how to communicate with men at the time um yeah especially that was compacted by the fact that South Asian culture doesn't really allow you to communicate with men anyway and so just a mess of a hot mess Oh, that's so true I didn't even like counter in the like South Asian bit where it's like men don't exist um so yeah the idea of not having the other person on the train I know it used to fill me with a lot of anxiety if you weren't on the train I would have a breakdown like even if you were yeah I had to come on the train with you to be honest I don't know how I used to survive before you moved to where we yeah so um I moved house when I was 14 so before then Asia had to get the train like by herself not by herself but with other people you know we had other people in our year group who caught the train but Asia and I had other friends to clarify but I had other friends (laughs) you did have other friends for example Priya who is meant to be on this show Um... (laughs) instead this has just turned into a trip down memory lane (laughs) explaining the bizarre context of our relationship oh gosh this is true so true i mean to be fair i feel like our friendship just like originated from us two being too lazy to make any other friends we just happened to be next to each other in the alphabet on the first day of school so we had to sit next to each other and we turned to each other and we were like friends friends cool (laughs) and i i appreciate that that's beautiful yeah I feel like I did the same thing at university as well because you know how a lot of people in first week are like, yeah, during freshers, like, you'll make friends but, like, you'll forget them after freshers, you know, and that's it. Whereas I was put in a situation where I just, like, made friends with a group of people and we've remained a friendship group since because I think we're also all too lazy to make new friends. Yeah, that is wild to me. I don't think I talked to anybody that I made friends with in freshers week. Except, actually one person well no but none of them were my flatmates all of the people that I met in Freshers Week that I then continued to see throughout the year were the people that I ended up staying friends with that's beautiful Pam um yeah no it is a weird one even like now I kind of look at them and I think (laughs) my god how are we friends (laughs) 
in a really in a really endearing way like a shout out to all of my friends like Jonas for example he's like the we don't have many things in common like he's a chemical engineer I'm doing history in Spanish and whatnot um he's a white man I'm a brown girl he was a boy she was a girl no but like the point is that like I just kind of look and I think wow the friendship's beautiful because we literally have nothing in common but yet we're still friends well how did that happen who knows? I think also sometimes it's just even if you like, dr- I don't know. It's difficult because once you've done come friends with someone, even if down the line you realise that you have nothing in common, just the convenience of having the friendship, mm-hmm. and then your friendship often like just goes beyond what you have in common because you don't need to have the small talk and give that person your life story they already know the context so you can just go straight into a conversation if you know what I mean yeah I get you this is like how me and you update each other on like waking up in the morning as if it's like some great success (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I get you it is quite nice um friendships absolutely mad episode was definitely friendship yeah I agree I was actually about to start going into train stories once we mentioned the train because I was like we definitely have a few things that we could say about the train um but I think I think it's quite nice and I think because you're shaking your head at me because I've already embarrassed you enough with gym stories I <laughs> there think are it's... a lot of embarrassing train stories that I just <laughs> the audience if I ever come back onto this show in the future maybe then but yeah. for now this we need to save it um completely okay so i think on that note i think we've done a good job at talking um incessantly about really random things so congratulations and thank you for coming on the show asia um priya we really miss you but asia you've done a good job uh, um filling in some really big things priya's here so that i can talk to the superior part of brown time whoa well on that (laughs) note I don't think you're going to come back now, I'm love. Joking. Oh, can you imagine? Three brown girls on one show. This it's too much. This is the peak of feminism. Feminism has gone yeah. too far. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh, God. No, that sounds like a really good idea. We will definitely make sure that happens. Um, so, well. yeah, on that note, this has been Brown Time with Manve Dob and Asia Iftikar. Bye. Thank you.